Dr. Jones. Again, we see there is nothing you can possess which I cannot take away. And you thought I'd given up. You chose the wrong friends. This time it will cost you. I pity the fool. Living in the 80s. My name's Casey Kasem, and I'm all set to count down the most popular songs in the USA. I want my MTV! Does Theo Huxtable live here? Just say no. Hello, Holly. Basie, you're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. Woo! It says 100% guaranteed, you moron! Hey, where's the meat? I'm a very lucky woman. So am I. Live from Members Only Studios, welcome to Living in the 80s, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with the 1980s. The best that we remember. Welcome back, gentlemen. How are you? Did you have a good week? Great week. Great. Fantastic week. Actually, it went fast. It (laughs) seems like we was just here. It does. Is what it feels like. But yeah. It flew very fast week. I look forward to seeing you guys every week. So boom. It's good. Ignore everything else in between. There it is. (laughs) That's right. Count down the minutes. Yes. So this week we're gonna talk about some of the most iconic characters in eighties movies. Now, we may miss some, but I doubt it. Like we've got a plethora Mm -hmm. of eighties icons. I think everybody has a fair share of people that they think of when they think 80s, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. But we're going to go round table here like rapid fire and talk about this stuff. But before we do that, Mike's favorite part of the whole podcast is 80s Rewind. Oh, he loves it so much. Oh, he does. You he know does. what? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw an audible in here. Mike, go. All right. Well, Sweet. my 80s Rewind, I came prepared. For two weeks in a row. That's awesome. Yeah. Actually, was, awesome. sat down today and went, oh, yeah. So, anyway, watching Netflix. They're starting to do a little bit of the old 30 for 30s from ESPN. So, yeah, many of you know, I'm an 80s wrestling fan. So, I rewatched the Ric Flair 30 for 30. And I wish it makes me feel good, but it's sad. His life is a sad story. I mean, yeah, and the public eye, you know. You're talking to the Rolex. Wearing diamond ring, wearing kiss stealing, woo, wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! Personally, that dude is a mess. Really? Yeah. I mean, he was adopted, and his adopted parents, they really didn't know what to do with him, so they sent him off to boarding school. So then, from boarding school, then he, he wants to be a pro wrestler. Well, his dad's in the theater. He's a doctor. They don't know what to make of him. So they really don't understand his career choice. But he always just seems to be looking for that companionship, that friendship, that support group. You know, he's always looking kind of for love in all the wrong places, really, if we want to put a song to him. So if you haven't seen it, it's insightful. It's just not a make, pick you up, make you feel good. Hmm. Feel like I don't need to watch it now. I mean, it's like... <laughs> I have watched it. It's very good, very well done. Is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of end up feeling sorry for the guy. You do, but at the same time, this is a guy that you know. A lot of us that were teenagers back then, just like maybe if we didn't idolize him, we were always humored and entertained by him. Yes. So good stuff. Good stuff. Matt. Hmm. Yeah. What's up? 
Yeah, Nate's Rewind. Oh, Nate's Rewind, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and mine mine came uh, with the help of our good friend Lynn from last week. If you remember right, you remember last week. When, I remember last week when uh, Lynn dropped a little love on all of us, and and the thing he gave me was a striper sticker, if you will. It's just like a little little sticker there, and, and so it kind of got me uh, thinking. Uh, just it brings back you know all the music and stuff. And so this week's middle time you know, doing that. But when when I was cleaning out, I cleaned my closet. I got these two closets I've uh, been trying to reorganize. And this bottom shelf, uh, I pulled out this drawer, which I haven't, you know, opened that drawer up for the longest time. Would and it be classified as a junk drawer? Uh, no, it was not junk. It had, like, old, like, ties and just dumb stuff in there. Stuff that I... Junk I'm, drawer. Okay, yeah, I guess it's a junk drawer, <laughs> by definition. Uh, but on, on underneath, underneath some of these ties and bow ties and dumb stuff... There was an old, a little tiny New Testament that Striper, when they would come in town, they would, they would throw out a New Testament from the, from the stage and like hit people upside the face, you know, so beat them with the gospel. Those of you out there that don't know what the New Testament is, it is the second half of the Bible, yeah, the life and times of Jesus Christ. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And, and so what they would do to spread the message, they would slap a sticker on a little Striper sticker, much like what Lynn gave me. On the front of the Bible, and they would just, I mean, by the hundreds, they're just throwing these things in the crowd. And uh, it was just, I mean, it's kind of weird, because I, mean, I, I got Oz Fox, the, the guitarist's autograph, and I start thinking, you know, usually you get the autograph, like, the person wrote the book. <laughs> I, went, I don't think he wrote much in the Bible. <laughs> I always kind of felt like that. I probably shouldn't have signed the Bible. <laughs> but right. Well, maybe if you would have said from... Yeah, and then yeah. signed it. Maybe I actually a lot of Bibles on the inside will say two and from two and yeah. from. It Gift was Bibles. Yeah, it just felt weird. But anyhow, I do have that, and so seeing all that, and it was it was a nice little uh, little, little trip down memory lane for me. So eighties memory. It was, a, it was an 80s it took place in the eighties. And actually, that kind of reminds me of okay, growing up, who didn't have the big giant print family Bible oh, sitting like on top of the television. Yeah. Oh, or, yeah. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Humongous. We so had one. It was that white. was never read. I mean, I, I don't know. No. We, no one ever said, hey, let's do family devotions and open up this, you know, 84-pound Bible. <laughs> you know, no yeah. one ever did There's that. also kind of like a historian book you'd write, you know, the family, family tree, tree and yeah. all that stuff, yeah. too. So, yeah, it was useful. It was... The, the most unused but the most seen Bible <laughs> of every <laughs> family. Like, yeah. Weighed 42 yeah. pounds. Yes. Kevin, what do you got? What's your... Uh, uh, so, idea? actually, yeah, I could use this last week, but I wanted to talk about The Greatest Night in Pop. Uh, which hopefully some of you have seen now. Um, but my wife and I went on a trip, and uh, a friend of ours invited us to go down to Mardi Gras. And it was kind of a, a month ago before before uh, when he asked us, I'm like, well, that's not enough time to get airfare or whatever down there. It's, it's going to be all sold out. We said, let's just make the trip. It's 14 hours. And I was thinking to myself, how am I going to pass 14 hours in the car? And recently... Uh, on the Sirius XM app, they've put out more of the 80s on 8 uh, top 40 countdowns. So they had the enti- like 10, 11, 12 of them out there. There was one for every single uh, year in the decade. So on the way down, I listened to 1980, 81, 82, and, 80, and 83, which took about 12 hours. And then on the way back, I listened to 84, 85, 86, 87. And when we're pulling into the garage... The number one song of 1987 was playing, which I don't even remember what it was now, but I was like, perfect. Turns it off. No so that was the way we away. killed our time. We made it through eight 
um, years of the 80s. So, a lot of fun. Did, and, do you do all the driving? No. Um, she, let's see, on the way down. No, we took turns. Okay. We, we, yeah. Uh, she started off driving, actually. And um, then uh, she, when we switched, she, she would work. So, she'd be working and I'd be listening to the radio. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, when it you know, got into, later into the evening, just, you know, if, if there was a crappy song, which sometimes there are, we'd just kind of turn it down talk or whatever and when there's a good song you know and I gave her lots of 80s facts I'm sure she really shocking appreciated it. yeah did I'll you? Bet she did I'm she sure probably she, loved does she that. thank you every time you do that every time I give her a, a fact yeah. yeah sometimes she doesn't I think <laughs> she's, really, she's just starts taking it for granted I know she's so nice she probably would thank you for letting me know about that <laughs> <laughs> useless I, I didn't know you were the producer of that song yeah. that's very <laughs> interesting it was three weeks on the charts oh my goodness thank you for that <laughs> I wow. get the okay <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of looks I get. <laughs> response is like, oh, wow. That's very uninteresting. No, she doesn't say it. She's very kind. So uh, my 80s Rewind moment happened just this past Saturday. So you know how we, particularly Kevin and I, will talk about trying to find these 80s movies that we had never seen before. Kevin, have you seen one called One More Saturday Night? I don't think so. Who's in it? So, uh, the only star of note is Al Franken. <laughs> I definitely have not seen it. <laughs> so, it, it's one of these movies, like, I was on Prime, and I just got done watching Weekend at Bernie's. Mm. <laughs> and I hadn't seen it forever. I thought, well, you know what, I'm bored and I will watch this. And then it was over with, and it suggested this one. Now, you couldn't tell it was Al Franken on the cover, but you... I clicked on it, I started watching it, and noticed that he both uh, wrote it and starred in it. Mm. So his role, he plays the lead singer of a band called Badmouth. And the whole movie is about all of these teenagers in St. Cloud, Minnesota, that are they're trying to get big plans together for Saturday night. And... It is just, it, it's not good. It's not a good movie. It's not dirty. It's nothing like that. It's just a very crappily made movie, <laughs> but it feels very, very 80s. Like one part, the, this one character is getting his ear pierced, and his friend's got like Ice Cube on the ear, and he's getting ready to like kind of penetrate through the earlobe and stuff, and, and he kind of screams like a girl. <laughs> so I mean, so that was funny to me. The kid next door has a gun. He likes to shoot warning shots in the air. Anyway, it's just, it's just kind of a dumb movie. But from the very beginning, the opening theme uh, was called One More Saturday Night. It's by Maureen Steele. And the movie's from 1986. She was a Motown singer, mostly backup. She, I think she had one minor hit on the R&B charts. But give this song a listen here, and, you know, it feels very 80s. So one more Saturday night, Marine Steel. There it is. Uh, only watch this if you are bored and you've got this wish to catch up on these '80s movies you may have missed along the way. So, not saying it's good, but uh, you know it does have some redeeming qualities. 
Al Franken had this perm, and he kind of looked like Mickey Dolenz from the Monkees. So, <laughs> there you go. So we're going to be right back talking all about some of the most iconic characters in 80s movies. Hang tight. Shall we play a game? Hi, I'm Joel McLaughlin, the most excellent host of Living in the Retro Arcade. If you're into video games from the 70s to current day, this is the show for you. We'll talk about technical aspects of the games as well as memories, the best that we can remember them. That's Living in the Retro Arcade, available on all popular podcast platforms. Welcome back to Living in the 80s. Uh, this is a podcast we just thought of this a couple weeks ago when we were we were broadcasting. We thought, hey, you know, we've never done a podcast on 80s movie icons. Now, we talk about a lot of the icons a lot, some of the more memorable characters in 80s movies, but uh, we're going to go through, I don't know if rapid fire is a good word, but we're going to mention them. Who are they? What movie? Why is this character so iconic? So, Matt, I want to start with you, and then just keep it going, boys. Uh, I'm going to just start off right off the rip. Goonies, great movie, but dude, I love the chunk, right? First, you got to do the truffle shuffle. Come on! Do it! Come on! Do it! Love Chunk from Goonies. Got the little Hawaiian shirt he's wearing. Whiny, kind of complaining dude. But the way he befriends the sloth, you know, the sloth dude, the big old Cyclops looking dude. The way he befriended him, I thought was just great. But, but there's there's probably not many more iconic scenes than when he's staying there at the gate. You know, they're doing all their obstacle stuff, whatever, and he busts out the truffle shuffle. I mean, there's. I mean, that just says '80s to me. You can, today, you can say "truffle shuffle" to anybody; they'll know exactly what. Pulling it is. that shirt up and they're shaking what he got. You know, I, I was at that house this past the summer. We were on vacation. We saw that house, and did I stand on that corner and truffle shuffle? You know, I did. Oh, why is you know, I did. I don't know if there's video proof of that or not, but so, that that did that did happen this year. Thank you. All right, I'm going to go with the uh, assistant greenskeeper from Bushwood Country Club in 1980, Carl Spackler. I'm looking at you. You wore green so you could hide. <laughs> I don't blame you. Oh, Mrs. Crane, you're a little monkey woman, you know that? You're a little monkey woman. You're lean and you're mean and you're not too far between either, I bet, are you, huh? Yes. Yes, Carl, my man. I I'm, love that. I mean, iconic moments. I mean... One-liners galore, but he's the Cinderella boy. Cinderella. You know, he's also gonna regain consciousness on his deathbed. Gunga Galunga, if you need me to interpret that for you. He's kind of got a little thing for um, Mrs. Crane. Kind of describes for all the older ladies. He kind of does, but Miss Crane, he describes her as a little monkey woman. <laughs> <laughs> so you know. That's he's kind of a misunderstood guy. People think he's kind of maybe, you know, kind of a little loose cannon, maybe a little uh, loner. But I think he's a go-getter. I think he is. He's he got is. a six-go-forgetter. He's, he's a go-forgetter, go too. Yep. You know, he's uh, wanting to be head greenskeeper in six years. He's motivated. motivated. I like him. <laughs> right. I, I love him. Kevin. Robert Rocky Balboa. In here, there were two guys killing each other. But I guess that's better 
Я думаю, что это лучше, чем даже 20 миллионов долларов. Я думаю, что каждый тоже изменился. Вы можете измениться. Also known as the Italian Stallion, he's from Philadelphia. He was an enforcer for a loan shark. Also was a like a amateur boxer. He's given a shot at the title. This is like in the early movies. He loses, gets a rematch, uh, wins it, becomes champion, and then in the 80s it picks up with Rocky III, where he has defended his title ten times. It's starting to get a little soft. Um, Getting gets, civilized. Getting civilized. Loses the Eye of the Tiger. Loses to Mr. T. Um, eventually gets trained by Apollo Creed. Comes back and beats Clever Lang. <laughs> then in turn, in Rocky IV, becomes Apollo Creed's trainer, who then gets killed in the ring, which proves that sometimes an athlete isn't the best coach or manager. <laughs> You're blaming the manager for the Rocky law. Rocky for that? He could have thrown the towel. I think it's the genetically enhanced Russian. Russian's <laughs> an old, soft, right? Yeah. So, uh, Rocky, I, that's, uh, my first movie I ever saw in a theater, I've told you that before, so that always has had a special place in my heart. And I think Rocky has had a special place in all of our hearts. Um, yeah. He's covered this for multiple decades, right? It started in the 70s. Yeah. And just had one, again, not too terribly long well, ago. The Creed so. movies. Yeah. They're so. great, great movies if you guys haven't seen them. Seen them, everyone. The underdog, underdog story, a little re reminiscent of our own uh, James Buster Douglas from Columbus. Exactly. Yes. He got a chance to fight against Mike Tyson, who and was undefeated at the time, and beat him, knocked him out. Very uh, good. One of the biggest upsets ever in, in boxing, boxing history. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Free thing. For me, I want to start off with one Lane Meyer. <laughs> from Better Off Dead, played by John Cusack. Uh, this character to me, it just, it, it, for one, the movie has got so many quotable moments in it. Mm. So basically, Lane Meyer, the underdog story, it takes place in a skiing town and he doesn't have a lot of confidence. He's just lost his girlfriend. And the whole movie, he's like, trying to, to kill himself but he's not succeeding and it's very really comical he tries to jump off a bridge but instead he falls off into the back of a trash truck and that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that <laughs> he tries to hang himself in the garage but his mom bumps the door while she's vacuuming so like he tries Poisons. He tries everything. Ricky's mom blows up. We've, we've got Howard Cosell as done by by Chosen from Karate Kid 2. Truly a sight to behold. The man beat the once great champ. Now a study in mumpishness. There are so many, just so many things in this. So whenever I think of Lane Meyer, John Cusack, I, I just have Matt, you out of uh, characters already? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My, I was just pulling out the one there. Uh, I'm going to go with John Bender from The Breakfast Club. I mean, I'm actually wearing his shirt this evening. Oh, yes, you are. If you will. Taking him off my list. There it is. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Uh, I mean, he is he's the uh, self-confessed criminal of the group sitting in the tension hall there uh I, I i like him because you know he's just he's a tough guy he's a cool guy you know he's got the trench coat dude piece of crap that he is ends up with the girl 
I mean, smooching he, the... Yeah, you could tell he had a soft side. Yeah, he, he yeah. He put up his tough persona, but... Well, yeah, and, and you find out during a movie, you know, some of the hurt and pain that he's gone through, relationship with his dad, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. you, you, it, it's neat because, at least in that movie, you see behind the, the exterior of... And that's, that's the whole premise of the movie, I guess, is seeing behind the, the facades there. But they're just... You know, uh, I I think he's just the coolest dude. You know, defining moment. You know, when what makes him so iconic? It's it's the end of the movie. It's, it's this pose right here when you know the hands up in the air, and I mean that's just it's just to me that's freaking eighties, man. Freaking John Bender. You know that that character that movie one of my all time favorites. Bender without that movie that. Without him in that movie, it is not nearly as entertaining. Correct. Because he gets everybody so worked up. I mean, um, uh, Anthony Michael Hall's character, Brian, kind of sort of is afraid of him, but still looks up to him at the same time. Like, I wish I was that brave and bold and, and whatever. And then uh, Andrew Clark wants to punch him in the face the whole time. Molly Ringwald is just appalled by him, but she ends up making out with him. Mm-hmm. Alice Sheedy kind of relates to him. So... I would love to go on a road trip with John Bender, just to, just to have conversations and see what kind of stuff would come out of his mouth. I mean, not not necessarily with Judd Nelson, but, but, but with, with John Bender, I would love to. All right, we're going to go with uh, from Family Vacation series, everybody's favorite cousin Eddie, played oh, by Randy yeah. Quaid. Well, how old are you, little one? Uh, she's born without a tongue, Clark. But uh, don't you worry about her. She whistles like a bird and eats like a horse. (laughs) I know know we've mentioned quotable movies. This is probably the number one quotable movie from the 80s. You got, uh, you serious, Clark? I figured you guys would have some kind of help out. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Never heard of this movie. What's it called again? (laughs) It's called called Family Vacation, Christmas Vacation. Save the neck for me, Clark. She falls down a well. Her eyes go across. She gets kicked. Kicked by a mule, they go back. You know, who knew? Who knew? Yeah. You guys have no. He <laughs> <laughs> just stared at me like three. It's just fun to watch. It's, just, <laughs> See, it's, it's like watching a, tr- a, a car wreck happen in slow motion. Okay. Slow How motion. about? Oh no, that there is an RV. There's an RV. Don't you car. go fall in love with her, Clark? Yeah. Thank you. About time. Yeah. Boy, oh Probably boy. just saying her because I stole one of yours, but oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Actually, wasn't on my list. Mine <laughs> either. Yeah, yeah I'd like to get you something, something what's real. The, what's nice. the but I bet this one's on your list. Okay, Martin Seamus Marty McFly. Yeah, of course he is. Yeah, I didn't know his middle name was Seamus. I didn't either. I looked it up today. Wow. Well, he's named after his great great grandfather. There you go, Seamus McFly. I think you learned that. How do we know this? From um, Back yeah, to Future Three, I don't, I don't believe that they say that in the movie. And they three. probably don't, but probably by the third one, you find out that that's his. Yeah. That he's, but, but in the first one, they don't mention that. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't three. remember it in any of them. Yeah, but I mean, like, it makes sense. Okay, so he's I'm sorry, youngest yeah. of three. No, that's fine. Youngest of three children. He's a high school student, a skateboarder, and he's also in a band called the Pinheads. So he's pretty active. He, uh, we know he wears Calvin Klein underwear. Yeah. And uh, he's accidentally sent back to 1955 in a time machine, built by Doc Brown. And uh, he meets his future parents while he's there, helps them get together, and um, we know he doesn't like to be called chicken. Oh, it's and so fired up. something for you wrestling fans here, there's a Japanese wrestler called Kushida, 
who dresses as Marty McFly when he's entering the ring. Oh, oh no you're kidding. kidding. Well, I'll be darned. <laughs> so I'll have to look him up. That just shows how his uh, iconism is his global. Yeah. Yeah. So my next one, sticking with John Cusack here, is Lloyd Dobler. Yes. <laughs> From Say Anything. We talked about this movie a lot last uh, a couple weeks ago, and um, so Lloyd Dobler, just an everyman, uh, gets gets a girl. He's out kicked his coverage, uh, and he holds on to her. He keeps her. Well, he is a kickboxer. He is a kickboxer. So yeah, um, I always kind of enjoyed. Uh, John Cusack's characters, not only his 80s movies, but his stuff beyond that, like High Fidelity and Gross Point Blank. It's like I kind of relate to him. He's like uh, a week older than me in real life. So it's just when I see him in these movies, I'm like, okay, when I was this age, then what was I doing? Well, I wasn't making billions of dollars. No, right? not so much. So, yeah. So, Lloyd Dobler. There you go. Uh, my next one, I just... I, we're you know we are stealing we're just grabbing and throwing them in there. I, I I'm sure it's Kevin's and I, I hate to take Kevin's but um, E. T. <laughs> you, you can't go more eighties than E. T. I super mean iconic. and I figured I would bring it up because I'm figured if you bring it up it might get emo- it might get emotional get misty-eyed. it might get misty eyed <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean there's there yes. is not not many more uh, you know iconic eighties moments and we got this little alien comes down and we just. In two hours, we fall in love with this freakishly disgusting little thing, and all of a sudden he turns cute and wonderful. He has this ability to to call home and speak. To, you know, got a little finger. You know, oh no! I mean, it's just it's hard to beat that. And the, the scene where they're, you know, I think when, when they hop on his bikes and they're trying to evade capture and they just take off, it's just none better. So yeah. that, you gotta love E.T. Gotta love E.T. The extraterrestrial. Alright, how about Alex Forrest? Blank stare? Yeah. Blank yeah. stare and blank stare. blank stare. How about Glenn Close from 1987's Fatal Attraction? Mm. Yes. Yes. Scared every man. Yeah. Well, at <laughs> least for a while. Well, went down in the 80s. Scared everyone back to fidelity. <laughs> I love the line, well, what am I supposed to do? You won't answer my calls. You change your number. I mean, I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. Like, <laughs> yeah. So no. how many of us have had the psycho ex-girlfriend like that? Uh, not to, well, obviously to that level where she came in and cooked my rabbit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, there's been some that just didn't want to go away. Do I blame them? No. <laughs> <laughs> that garners more laughter than anything. Uh, I, I get it, honey. I get it. <laughs> I understand. I'm the iconic dude from the '80s. <laughs> uh, but it's over, okay? Okay. Actually, the night I met my wife, ex-girlfriend, that every time I saw her, would make an attempt to try and get back together. I would go to a bar. I see the ex-girlfriend across the room, and I'm like. Oh no, I gotta find a girl. I look around, I see this beautiful blonde flashing me a smile. Here we go. Turns out to be my future wife. Wow, that's awesome. So she was blonde then? She was. So was I. Oh, wow. oh my gosh. Oh my Barbie gosh. And Ken. Barbie. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. She was scary. She was yeah, scary. Alex. I, I never really Ooh. had any psycho ex girlfriends like that. I had a couple of them that, that it took a little more effort to get him to go away but 
but never never crazy psycho. Now, I dated a couple of girls that were a little crazy, but they didn't take their angst out on me. Oh, that's good. But uh, that's well, good. once you realize the crazy, you know it's time to run. Mm-hmm. There is another line from the movie. Bring the dog. I love animals. I'm a great cook. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Foreshadowing right there. Yes, yes, yes. yes. All right, I'm going to go with uh, the Terminator, also known as Cyberdyne Systems Model 101, or the T-800. There it is. And he's a machine that looks like a human, and he's sent back in time to help George McFly meet Lorraine. What? <laughs> what? What? I'm getting my time-telling movies. Seen it for listening, right? Yeah, yeah like, wait, what? Uh, several movies in the franchise, only one that appeared in the 80s, but to me, I think it was the best, right? That's oh, what yeah. he's the... Maybe, yeah. the, maybe the first two. first two yeah. were really good. Yeah. Um, but, of course, he's got his, his famous line, I'll be back, I'll which be was in that. I'll um, be and just he says the, it in almost every movie. Which, yes, he says it in almost every movie. He says mm-hmm. it when he comes to the Arnold Expo here in Columbus. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's his thing, apparently. Yeah. Terminator. So, a little, little side note to this: um, the commercial that he the commercial that he just made for State Farm for the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. You see that? So when he does his flat, the, they they didn't show the extended commercial in um, the Super Bowl, but um, a, a guy I used to know from Courthouse. He's this bodybuilder dude, um, and he's he's won all these stuff at the Arnold, whatever. And, and when they, they the last scene, they they flash back to. Um, Arnold as a, a young State Farm agent, and they they got a picture of him standing there with all these other people getting sworn in as a, as an agent, and they got Arnold's face on a, a, another body, and it's this dude Josh Self, a guy you know he was in my oh, youth wow. group back in the day. He goes, I was Arnold's body double. Like, Shut oh, the fuck cool. yeah. yeah, claim to fame. Yeah, pretty cool. So mine, in my personal opinion, is the most iconic character of the '80s. Here we go. Ferris Bueller. Bueller? Bueller? None better. I mean, Matthew Broderick owned this role. Everybody knows Ferris. Everybody wants to save Ferris. Uh, Just beginning to end, one of the most quotable movies out there. Um, I don't know how many countless numbers of times I've seen this movie, but Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. And, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot I'm going to say about Ferris Bueller we haven't talked about before. But uh, just a great, great, great character. Got to be on the list. Yes. 100% got to be on the list. He's a slacker. It seems like all the kids love him, but adults seem like they didn't like him. Yeah. <laughs> the principal didn't like him. Oh, no. His girlfriend's parents didn't mm-hmm. like him. Uh, his parents loved him, though. They his, but his parents loved him, yeah. which is why his sister hated him. Because <laughs> yes. he got away with oh, everything. I love that so much. Matt. Uncle Buck. Take this quarter. Go downtown and have a rap. Gnaw that thing off your face. I, I, Uncle Buck. You can steal my thunder. That's okay. You know, <laughs> I love. Good. I love my Uncle life. Buck is my pick that right is, now. That is a fantastic selection, Thank Matthew. Thank you, uh, John Candy. A lot of his characters seem to be similar mm-hmm. to, you know, he, he, he probably was one of those typecast guys. A lot of his characters seem to be the same, but we, I love Uncle Buck. Um, and, and I, I think it's just the way he was kind of the, uh, Crude, unemployed, kind of bum with a heart of a gold kind of thing. Um, wasn't successful real well in the old romance love life there with his bowling gal. Uh, <laughs> but when he, when uh, the way he kind of took the hardened case, you know, his his, uh, his niece that was just kind of struggling with, with her relationship with the guy, 
the way that he um, kind of just broke through to her. And like, a lot of that was like the threatening of violence to the guy. <laughs> was, sure. Was, I think that like helped a lot. Club, yeah, golf the ball, golf, the drill. The yeah. drill. Like, yeah. He just, I think he, he, you know, in the car. He had, he had probably one of the most iconic cars. Uh-huh. The in, Mercury Marquis. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Bad Uncle shocks. Buck. Yeah. Gotta, gotta love him. He's gotta be on your list of cool ladies, folks. Yeah. Well, this one, I don't know if we've ever talked about this movie. We have maybe have mentioned it. How about Irwin M. Fletcher? Mm, Fletch. From, from Fletch. <laughs> yeah. Fletch. No, we really haven't given that movie the love. No, in its day, it was, it was, it was a, it was a Good movie. I and even had a sequel. Fletch lives. Moon River. <laughs> Great. What I liked, he played a lot of different characters, kind of similar to Eddie Murphy in Coming to America. You've got uh, Chevy Chase playing uh, Fletch, who's an LA mm-hmm. Times reporter, and he's always kind of doing these undercover gigs to do his stories and such. But uh, probably my favorite character that he uh, he did was um, a guy by the name of Claude Henry. He was a faith healer. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yep, this was yep. kind of about the time of the the uh, Baker scandal. Uh, Jim and yep, yep, Tammy yep. Faye Baker, their scandal. So, you know, he finds out that uh, this uh, mega church is trying to buy the land that he just inherited. So he kind of goes undercover as his faith healer. And he's called to the stage, and they want him to heal somebody. <laughs> so he starts getting very office. I'm sensing somebody by the name of... Billy Bob, <laughs> and half the crowd stands up. <laughs> you know, it was good stuff. So, anyway, Fletch, Fletch, good one. my man. All right, Rob. Since you did your number one, I'm going to do my number one. Uh, Doctor Henry Walton, Indiana Jones Jr. There you uh, go. There you go. Is that really his name? To be honest, I couldn't have told you that in a trivia question. Yeah, Henry Walton. Yeah. Did so. he start Walmart? Um, there were not one, not two, but three Indiana Jones movies from the 80s. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, then you had the Temple of Doom and then the Last Crusade. In 2003, the American Film Institute ranked him the second greatest film hero of all time. Number one being Atticus Spinch from To Kill a Mockingbird, which was from 1962. He was named the greatest movie character by Empire Magazine. And wow. Entertainment Weekly ranked him second on their list of the all-time coolest heroes in pop culture. Wow. Number one being James Bond, of course. And Premiere Magazine ranked him seventh on their list of the 100 greatest movie characters of all time. And the top six were not from the 80s. So, um, yeah, I, I I tell you what, I didn't see the first one in the theater. I saw uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom in the theater, and I thought, this movie's amazing. I had to go back and watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I've always loved the series. He was Mr. Cool, right? And he had yeah. the, the whip, and he had the fedora. The girls wanted him. The guys wanted to be him. Yeah, there he exactly. is. Good stuff. So mine uh, is from one of my favorite '80s movies. One of the best characters, in my opinion, one of the funniest from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Jeffrey Spicoli. Oh, gnarly! Yeah, Spicoli was the ultimate stoner. Um, his like he had such a nonchalant, just go with it attitude he was a surf punk he you know he liked to smoke his weed he just really showed up to school ordered food from the class uh you know didn't really care about much but uh he just really wanted some tasty ways and some cool buzz that's all he needed all he really needed so um sean penn just owned this role 
this is the first movie I know of him being in. I know he was in Bad Boys, I think it was just after this. Jeff Spicoli was a tremendous character. Now, I would like to have seen him and John Bender maybe do a movie Oh yeah, <laughs> that would have been pretty good. Yeah, that would have so, been. Yeah, Jeff Spicoli. That that that's a great that's character. One that I I can't. There's no way to leave him off this list. Absolutely. Uh, I'm gonna say a name, and and I'm, some folks may right away know who I'm talking about. Some mm-hmm. may think I'm talking about the sports pastor at Grove City Church of the Nazarene. Uh, <laughs> but John Keating, you know who John Keating is Mm-mm. really. Uh, Dead Poet Society. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. John I love Keating. That movie. Uh, yeah. Robin Williams character. Robin Williams yes. portrayed yes. Uh, John Keating. He was the uh, unconventional English teacher with an all boys prep school. He inspired his students to challenge societal norms, seize the day, and appreciate the beauty and poetry. Standing on the desk, and the old captain, my, my captain. captain. Uh, I mean, I it just it does. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, just yeah. that that and well, like that movie wasn't just like fun to watch, but I mean, it, it was it was inspiring. I mean, it was it was just an inspiring movie. So yes, good stuff. It, and I, and I I I didn't realize his name was John Keating. I, I'm, just myself. Kind of, I'm just kind of disappointed with myself that. I could that the name was right away because yeah. I think of that John Keating yeah yeah John Keating it says it's our buddy here in Grove City yeah uh, but yeah he is preached a good uh, sermon the other day. he did a good yeah. job I got somebody he's a good dude John J. Rambo oh yeah <laughs> yes he started out with First Blood he's a former Green Beret he just recently returned from Vietnam very misunderstood then you got uh, part two you know, he uh, heads over to Vietnam on a uh, search and rescue type of deal where he's looking for uh, uh, prisoners of war. And then you got the third. He's over there fighting the whole Russian army in Afghanistan. So those are the 80s movies. We got a couple more. His last one, Fantastic Last Blood. If you haven't seen it, check it out. But great character. If you're looking for a lot of quotable lines, not going to find them. You want action? He's your guy. I'm going to go with Tony Montana. By the way, this character was named after Joe Montana. <laughs> was he really? Because the director was a big fan of the Niners. Yes, no sir. No way. I had no wow. idea. So, Tony Montana was a Cuban immigrant. He grew up in a poor Havana neighborhood. He has a large scar on his face, which led to his nickname of Face Scarface. Scar. Oh, no. Scarface, yeah. <laughs> Dyslexic. Um, he comes to Miami um, along with a bunch of other Cubans. He tries to get a green card and is denied. He's put in a refugee camp. He starts um, committing crimes and starts working his way up in this uh, drug cartel family. Starts making a lot of money, uh, purchases a large mansion, starts living high on the hog, gets addicted to cocaine. Eventually double-crosses the drug lord and assassins are sent to his house to kill him. And that's where he utters his famous line and also the world's worst pickup line. Say hello to my little friend. Say hello to my little friend. So A lot of people will quote that and not know what movie it's from. Hmm. It's a, it's a great, great movie, great character. Love it. My next one's going to be Farmer Ted, <laughs> otherwise known as the Geek, <laughs> as he's credited in uh, Sixteen Candles, played yes. by Anthony Michael Hall. Couldn't find anyone else to bug, huh? Come on, you know you're the one I want to bug, huh? This is my friend Randy, and that's Jimmy Montrose. Howdy, dude. This is Farmer Fred. Ted. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Farmer Ted. I'm not really a farmer. I'm a freshman. So this is uh, his movie, Pre-Breakfast Club. He was uh, going through puberty at the time, 
and from the, from that six month period, he grew about seven inches. <laughs> so, but we get Anthony Michael Hall. He is uh, he's got this crush on Molly Ringwald's character Samantha Baker, who is another iconic person that we could probably mention. Mm-hmm. Um, she's actually on my list here, so I'll take care of them both at the same time. But um, Farmer Ted has got this big crush. The whole movie, he's trying to get the girl who wants another guy. It's a whole story. But Farmer Ted, just so many, so many scenes. The the I I just go back to like the dance scene in the gym, or his time when he's trying to coach Jake Ryan, the school jock, on, on romance and women. Uh, it's just it's great. It's just great. So he Farmer has Ted. so much confidence in himself, doesn't he? He <laughs> does. He is super confident, which I think helps him in the long run. And he does finally get a girl yeah. in the movie. I'm going to go with, uh, and, and it's, it's kind of a double shout out because he was already mentioned earlier, but I'm going to go with uh, Dr. Peter Bankman. Oh, yeah. Um, and really, I guess if you're going to go with him, you could go with you know either of them, you know, race dance. You can go with any of the, uh, the Ghostbusters is what I'm yeah. referring to here. Uh, but I like I, of, of the Ghostbusters, I, I am probably a, a Bankman fan just for because he was just uh you know, it's just real, it's just not real. It's, he's, he's kind of, you know, he's just there for the fun, the hype, and, you know, he's just playing all the kind of games and just, you know, he's there for the women, and sure enough, he's end up, you know, with the proton pack kill, doing, doing what he does. So one of my favorite scenes is the beginning of the movie when he's doing, like, the shock treatment. Flashcards. Yes. Flashcards. Yes, the girl's it. getting them all wrong, <laughs> and, but he's, he's letting her survive because she's Star. hot. Right, and so yeah. the other, this nerdy dude is is also in there, and he's getting them all right. But he's buzzing him anyway. He's, going way he's just getting way too much joy doing it. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like testing Sorry, their psychic wrong. skills. Right. Yes. And, yes. <laughs> no, when he shocks a guy in a gum falls out of his mouth. Great. Yeah, uh, Peter Bingman, good choice. Peter Bingman, there you got go. the new Ghostbusters coming out soon too. Yes. Great. Yes. All right. Dewey Oxberger. Oh. Going down another John Candy character, another fantastic one from the movie Stripes. Um, he's not a lead character in the movie, but he, you know, definitely is an iconic character, one that you easily remember. Uh, he's kind of got a real self-deprecating type of humor. Um, when he introduces himself, he says, My name's Dewey Oxberger. My friends call me Ox. You might have noticed that. I have a slight weight problem. Everybody's like, no, bro, really? <laughs> so, no, great character. Um, watched the movie, very well known for the mud wrestling scene. Yes. Yes. Very good, very good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Emmett Lathrop Brown, Ph.D., also known as Doc Brown. Yep. Yep. Big admirer of past scientists, including Copernicus and Einstein, which are the name of his dogs, as well as some portraits he had in his lab of Isaac Newton, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Edison, and Albert Einstein. He moved to Hill, ba- Hill, he moved to Hill Valley from Germany in 1908. At one time, he was wealthy. He had uh, wealth from his family. He spent his entire fortune on his time travel project. Most people in town avoided him because he was seen as eccentric. Um, Marty one time snuck into his lab when he was 14 years old. Because his parents didn't want him to. So mm-hmm. this is a lesson to all kids. If you disobey your parents, something great could happen to you. There it is. Yes. Um, he was he was told to stay away from him. He went and snuck in. He he found out that, you know, Doc Brown was a nice guy. And uh, Doc liked the fact that someone thought he was cool, and so they became friends. He hired Marty as a part-time lab assistant. 
And after traveling back to 1885, he marries Clara Clayton, and they have two kids. Good stuff. You know, as cool as Marty is and all that kind of stuff, there'd be no Back to the Future if it weren't for Doc Brown. That's right. That's right. He's, I mean, the he's, the, he's the catalyst. He's yeah. the brains behind on everything. Yep, for sure. So, mine, I want to kind of bounce off of Mike and Matt's last ones there. So, you got Peter Vinkman, mm-hmm. you've got Ox, John Winger from Stripes. Was, yeah. was my next guy on my list mm-hmm. here. So uh, Bill Murray owned absolutely owned this character. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know, just cocky, smart mouth, one liners. I mean, he outlived most of the movie, cat. and uh, just like he does in every movie, he just kind of just takes him over. So uh, John Winger stripes. What kind of training? Army training, sir. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, you can't have a list without uh, John McClane. I mean, Pete's oh, sake, yeah. he's got to be on there. We, we, we've we talked uh, at length about, you know, this movie, uh, Die Hard. And is it, it a Christmas movie? Is it, is it a, a Christmas movie? movie? And we've established like, that yeah. it's a Christmas movie. We but can stop talking. could be a Valentine's movie, too. Could be, yeah, because of the love. You're right. Yeah. Um, it's He's just uh, the New York cop finds himself single-handedly battling terrorists to L.A. high-rise, Nakatomi Plaza. I mean, it's just, it's a great movie. Great, and, and his... Uh, there's just there's just none better. If if you're gonna be, you know, if you're gonna have terrorists taking over your event, there's no one. There's not many more people you'd want than old old John McClane coming after you, trying to help you out. He's going to get the job done. He ain't gonna be your. He's not some superhero. He's not some you know fancy schmancy dude. But daggone, he's gonna walk through glass and get her done. John McClane. John McClane. John McClane. Well, if you're gonna go with John McClane, you gotta go with. Hans Gruber. Okay, there you go. You got to have the bad guy for your good guy. That's true. Hans, he was he was a devious dude. Mm -hmm. Favorite part is at the very end. You know, he's holding on, you know, to her wrist, and the only way for her, you know, to get rid of him is to get rid of the watch, which is kind of a symbol of, uh, you know, what she's striving for as far as success. Very good. Yes, but yes, when he's falling from the Nakatomi Plaza. Cool scene. Iconic scene. Cool scene. Iconic. The free fall. I remember they were. They said, we're going to drop you on three. And they went, one, two, and then they let him go. <laughs> so you get a real reaction yes. there. You lied. All right, I'm going to go with Detective Alexander James Axel Foley. Morning, officers. What y'all, the second team? We're the first team. Yeah, we're not going to fall for a banana in the tailpipe. You're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe? <laughs> it should be more natural, brother. It should flow out like this. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. See, that's more natural for us. You've been hanging out with this dude too long. <laughs> yes! Yeah! So he's a... How did he not make my list? He should have been on the list. <laughs> I mean, I'd say... In, in the first one, Beverly Hills Cop, um, he's a Detroit cop that goes to Beverly Hills to investigate his why his friend was were, killed. Right. Um, in the second one, he goes back to Beverly Hills after he hears the police captain has been shot. So it's a Detroit cop one in Beverly Hills, not once but twice. He's probably one of the funnier detectives you'll ever meet. Yeah. I mean, Art's funny. Art's but, funny. He's hilarious. No, Art's but, great. But Axe was hard to keep up. But despite all the horrible things this guy's seen in his life... Um, Axe might not be as funny as Art, though. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Axe is probably not as funny as Art. No. So um, he has lots of one-liners, most of which can't be said on the podcast. And... Uh, you know, they took a comedian and put him as a detective, and it worked. It worked. It does. 
Yep. Awesomely. And, and there's another one coming out, too. Yes. Yeah. With uh, yeah some of the original cast. Oh, yeah. really? Many yeah. of the original cast. Oh, yes. wow. So, my next character, does the name Joel Goodson mean anything to you guys? Joel Goodson. Joel Goodson. Is that, is that played by... Uh, oh, man. Who, who, you're stumping us. Who is it? Tom Cruise's character in Risky Business. Uh, oh, uh, Risky uh, Business. Really, huh? okay. yeah. Nice. So thanks to to Joel and uh, his his shenanigans, uh, we had one of the most iconic movies of the decade. Yes. Uh, Ray-Ban sales went through the roof. Yep. Uh, old-time rock and roll became a hit on the chart again. Yep, recharge. Uh, everybody knows the character, uh, mm-hmm. or knows the, the movie. So, yeah, I want to say Joel Goodson. Nice. That's a good one. All right, I'll say name and see if you know who that is. Uh, Raymond Babbitt. Who is Raymond? Rain Man. Babbitt. My man, Raymond. Yes, yeah. love that movie. And he's an autistic savant uh, with extraordinary mental abilities but limited social skills. Um, what's some of the lines? Uh, Four o'clock, Wapner. Yeah, uh, I have to have to go to Kmart to get my underwear. Definitely Kmart. Definitely Kmart. Definitely Kmart. In Cincinnati. In yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah. But uh, fantastic. It, uh, yeah, and autism wasn't like as communicated. Uh, please, please don't cough. During the podcast, that is, that is that is that was offensive. I, I mean, just, the way he just like hacking a coffin while we're trying to believe that. I'm like, who does that? Jerks. Um, <laughs> who does it? But it's funny because autism, you know, now is, is very common. It's very. It's not, I don't know if it's more common, but it's more addressed, and we yeah. we talk about there it. There is the, definitely more attention. There's more awareness to, yeah. Yeah, to uh, exactly. more awareness yeah. to ta- uh, autism now. Whereas back then it was just you kind of looked at him like you know he's different, weird, or whatever. But um, it's 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 kind of nice the the light that's been showing on it here in, in the you know recent years. So, but but it starts with Rayman, man. The way you can just count those two picks, four nineteen, pretty cool, <laughs> amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Mister Miyagi. Mm. I can't. Oh, How can yeah. we forget about him? Oh you man, you might as well it. throw in. Johnny, Johnny Lawrence, you put Johnny and, and Daniel Larusa. You, you gotta do the trifecta. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there's one other you're forgetting. How could you forget? Oh, Crease. Nope. Goodness. Oh. Come oh, on, man. It's your, your ex-girlfriend. Allie. Allie. Now she's stalking Allie. you. Is that is that yeah. the one that was stalking you all well, these years? Just a little. She's kind of a clinger. Yeah. Mr. Miyagi, some great quotes. Um, wax on, wax off. I always look I. Cobra Kai's coming hey, back out soon, hey, too. Yeah, when is that due out? Uh, any time now. Okay. Any time now. Yeah. I haven't seen an update. I'm ready for those 30-year-olds to graduate. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're ready. They're ready. It's pretty All cool. Right. That one was from the 80s, too. That was pretty cool. I yeah. yeah, I got one in right decade. It's kind of like I was channeling my inner you. Here we go. Moving on. Uh, I'm going to pick a weird one, but Freddy Krueger. Yeah, oh, it is yeah. iconic. You don't get it's, much more iconic in the eighties. He's yeah. on Freddy the Kruger. list. Right? What was interesting about Freddy Krueger is the very first movie, Nightmare on Elm Street. He's he's scary, right? Yeah. And then as the movies went on, it's almost like people started rooting for him. Like he yeah. he, he ended up started having the one liners. He became more of like a, a, a an antihero. Yeah, and yeah. and it was it was like he kind of went away from oh he's so scary to oh he's kind of funny you know he yeah. got all these he even had a a, a song he had an album called Freddy's Greatest Hits with a song called Do the Freddy on it. I'm ready, and this is for you. 
So mm-hmm. definitely became a little a little goofier <laughs> and campier as it went on. There was Nightmare on Elm Street in '84. There was Freddy's Revenge in '85. Dream Warriors in '87. Dream Master in '88. Dream Child in '89. They were cranking these movies out. They were just. Like, and then he had more. I think it's like one movie they would splice into yeah. sections. <laughs> yeah. And then they had others um, after the '80s, including Freddy Got Fingered. Yeah. No, never mind. That's a different. <laughs> but boy, that glove—that J- could be yeah. dangerous. Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. So going off of yours, I'm going to say Jason Voorhees. Oh, okay. yeah. For the Friday the Thirteenth series, do some of his quotes. How was that? Yeah, I was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Been working on them all day. Yeah, I was really good. It's better than your Ted Knight. That's right. <laughs> More believable. What if Ted Knight? Voice Jason Voorhees. I'm coming to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back at Camp Crystal Lake. Yes, <laughs> oh, that's great. Anyway, so Jason Voorhees. We, we, you know, we know the story. Young kid allegedly drowns while the campers are partying and making out in the after hours. Jason's mom comes back for revenge. Jason himself makes his first appearance at the end of Friday the Thirteenth. Mike's scared. And then uh, parts 2, 3, 4, 10, 15, part 20. Um, he keeps coming back. But in the 80s, uh, like, everybody knew what the hockey mask was. Oh, man. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, man. Jason Voorhees, that's cool. Uh, Ren McCormick. We talked a little bit about him last oh, week. Yeah. I mean, they're footloose. Um, Chicago teenager moves to a small town where dancing and rock music are banned. And he just, you know, he, he just sets the, the town upside down and challenges the system. And, and there was a time for this law, but not anymore. See, this is our time to dance. It is our way of, of celebrating life. You know, and you, you alluded to the fact that, you know, most dudes, especially in the 80s, you know, we don't fast dance. We'll slow dance. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna Speak put for yourself, buddy. But uh, go here, on. here we go. <laughs> you know we're gonna we'll, we'll slow dance. We're, we'll, we'll, but it's it wasn't super cool for everyone. But man, when he did it, I just went. You know, he was. I think he was phenomenal. I love Footloose. I absolutely I mm-hmm. love that I movie. I watched it for the umpteen millionth yeah, time. I, I would, just a few weeks ago. I, I've never not watched it if I see it on, oh, and, and I look for it, and it's just. Um, I, I the, the music, the dancing, I just I think it's yeah, it's cool. I, I think I mentioned this recently, but remember the the tractor scene where they're playing chicken on the tractor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the the thing that, that that I can't wrap my brain around, like whenever I see it, you've got Ren. He comes to town. You know, he's you know kind of edgy, kind of on the edge. He got his boombox there. He pushes play, and holding out for a hero is the song he choosing. Mm-hmm. Now, if I am him, like maybe bang your head, like he's playing earlier. You know, mm-hmm. put a little quiet riot on. Put maybe a little twisted sister. Put something on with a little bit of rock. Van Halen. I don't know. It probably cost a lot to get yeah. Van Halen to do movie music, but but they they could have done anything. Why that song? I don't know. I'm sorry. I digress. There you go. That's fair. Okay. One area I don't think uh, we take care of this listener, the sci-fi listener. We kind of tend to ignore them. I've got, I've got a sci-fi on there. You got some sci-fi I, I, on there? I think I have. All right, well, character. you haven't gone there yet, and I feel like we're ignoring that well, genre. Well, bring it, bring so, it. So, uh, for all the Trekkies out there, um, we're going to go with uh, some uh, 
Empire Strikes Back from 1980, Princess did you, Leia. Did you say Trekkies? <laughs> That's intentional. Oh, yes. okay. I right. was hoping so. Uh, okay. so uh, Jason Peitzmeier, we apologize. <laughs> you know, by the way, I, 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 I want right to thank Jason. Yeah. He sent uh, this this Mad Magazine uh, my way. Uh, Very cool. Kind of like, saw that like par- parodying the 80s, so yeah. it's going to hang out on the wall here at Members mm-hmm. Only Studios, but I forgot to... Give that big thank you to Jason, but uh, I'm sorry. Yep, so my character for them, I'm sure it's their pinup girl of all time, Princess Leia. There you nice. go. Yeah. That's very, very good. good. Very iconic. Especially in the bathing suit. Sure, yes. Yeah. I mean, what? Old bathing suit. I yeah. mean, how many times have you dreamed about a girl who has spiral hair? I mean, <laughs> not much. I know Ross did. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. All right, Kevin. I'm going to go with Beetlejuice. Mm. Uh, he's a mischievous ghost, but he has a uh, interesting history. Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And the sequel's coming. Yeah, and another, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go off of uh, Snowball there, and for all you Trekkies, I'm going to say Darth Vader. If you only knew the power of the dark side, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. Yes, yes, he's the best Trekkie ever. He is. So Darth Vader, uh, I remember as a kid when the first Star Wars came out, like that was, you know, that was it. I was all about Star Wars. Again, I was 12, not 30. Mm-hmm. I would say probably his most quotable line was, uh, beam me up, Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So, so there were two Star here. Wars movies in the 80s, uh, The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Uh, I really thoroughly enjoy those movies, and um, so Darth Vader, definitely iconic. You see the helmet, people know who it is. Yes, sir. Uh, I mean, and I, I referenced this next character um, a couple weeks ago, but... but Wait, are you okay? Oh, yeah, I'm good. No, never mind. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my, my, my next character is, is my dude... Ducky. I mean, I just love Ducky. I saved uh, that one for you. Thank you very much. I bumped it down my list just for you. Yeah, I mean, he was, uh, you know, we, we talked about a couple weeks ago, talked about, you know, uh, Pretty in Pink, but it was just uh, his fashion sense, his consistency, his, you know, his friendship, the way he had to crush on, the, the crush on his gal so much, and then he just was willing to let that go to so she could move on to what she, you know, the, the man she loved. Uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's the bigger man. Ducky is. is the bigger man. He's a great lip syncer. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a man of fashion with the bolo tie and the layered look and the best. And the shoes. Don't forget and the, the shoes. shoes. Oh, my goodness. The sh- white leather shoes. And he wore some chucks for a while, too, he in the did. movie. Yeah. He did. Yeah. I, I just, I'm all Ducky. I, I, I'm, I'm top fan Ducky. Love him. Crash Davis from Bull Durham. I'm oh, a, yeah. yeah. I had him on here. 1988. I'm a big baseball guy, so I always enjoyed this movie. So, good character. He's kind of an aging ball player, sent back down to double A at this point in his career to bring along the next golden arm in the organization. Meat. Meat. Old Nuke Lelouch. <laughs> so, good movie. Yeah. 
I feel like I can't do one without the other on this one, so I'm going to do Bill S. Preston, Esquire, <laughs> and Ted Theodore Logan. Yes. Yeah, they kind of go hand in hand. Now, this movie, the, the premise of this seemed so stupid. But it was a very entertaining movie. <laughs> it was. It was great. And, I learned about, a lot about history from this movie. So I did, great. too. I did, and then I failed my test. So <laughs> uh, but no, so great. That's right. It, it was a fun movie. And... Uh, Man, who would know what Keanu went on to do after that movie? Oh, you you could not have seen it out of that movie. <laughs> no, you could not no. have seen it coming. Great one. So, yeah. uh, mine is you can't... Also, you can't do one without the other. Um, going kind of back to Beetlejuice a little bit, I'm going to say Batman. Mm. When Batman came out in 1989, I mean, everybody was all about Batman, Bruce Wayne. Michael Keaton just owned the character. Uh, being a, a fan of the Batman TV series and the comics and the cartoons growing up, I heard they're making this movie. It was going to be a blockbuster. I heard Michael Keaton was going to do it. I'm like, you mean the, the guy from like uh, Gung Ho, Mr. Mom? <laughs> right, yeah, right. right. The d- Did not fit. Isn't, isn't no he like sense. The, the guy that does like the stand up? Yeah. But oh my goodness, he did yeah. such a great job. He did. And and you can't list one without the other. You can't have Batman without the Joker. Mm-hmm. So Jack Nicholson yes. doing the Joker, it's the same movie. Um, just outstanding. I, I still, to this day, am amazed by the effects of this movie. By the, the the acting's great. Like Jack Nicholson's twist on the Joker was really good. I mean, I, I think for my money, I really think Heath Ledger did the best Joker. But the Jack Nicholson Joker is just great. Just yep. great. Uh, a little more on the the cutesy side, but you know, I guess in the same vein as the ET, maybe. But uh, Gizmo. Gizmo was the adorable and good-natured mogwai that becomes the pet of Billy Pilsner in the film Gremlins. A little bit of mayhem caused. Is this a Christmas movie? Sure. Could be a Christmas movie. Could be. But, uh, you know, the whole can't get wet, don't feed, was it, don't, there's like three rules. Don't feed them after midnight. midnight, After midnight. midnight, Can't get them wet. I thought there was one more. There was one other one. Don't, I think... Bright lights. Oh, yeah, yeah. They took a picture. So, yeah. so basically, they learned the three rules and broke them all like the very first broke night. Off, yeah, <laughs> it was like learn the rules and watch this break and watch mayhem. And, yeah. and, and I guess the, what was Stripe was the, the main bad one or something like that. But uh, yeah, it, and actually, it was kind of funny. I, I, in my mind, you know, I, I'm thinking of Gizmo and the, the, the movie was coming on. I said, Grace, we should watch this. This is kind of cute. Quite gory. It's Christmas. It is. It was much more violent than I remember it being. So yeah. um, I, I was. I was thinking this would be a cute little. Watch this. Watch this. This be nice. I was going. Huh. Yeah. Rethink that. How about the cooler of the double deuce, Dalton? Oh yes. Yeah. So be nice until it's time not to be nice. Oh, I love that movie. And the sequel also coming. <laughs> like all of these movies are being yeah. remade. We keep re- re- referencing. Yeah, back yeah to they this. run out of ideas. Yeah, but this one, I think this will be a good one. You think it is? Yeah. Uh, We've mentioned quite a few guys, but I think I need to mention a few ladies, like Sarah Connor. Yeah. <laughs> tough lady, right? Um, from Terminator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, tough lady. Um, p- putting some pretty adverse conditions, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, she persevered along with the help of. Uh, some other guy that came back from the future who ends up yeah. impregnating her. <laughs> yes. Well, I think the cool thing about her is as we see the movies progress, she becomes more and more of a force. Yeah. And so, yeah, she uh, 
She she did a great job. Mm-hmm. Great job. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, also from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Mike Damone. It comes down to making out. Whenever possible, put on side one of Led Zeppelin 4. So, Damone was just like, he, he was his rat's best friend, stabbed him in the back, but he just, I mean, his, his, his lines, his presence in the movie, just really, really cool to me. When I start thinking about that movie, those you know those characters and stuff, Damone was was uh, was a very good one. And would, so so I'm I'm going to go ahead and say also because I had her for later. I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. But Linda Barrett. Linda Barrett, yes. Yeah. Hi, Brad. You know how cute I always thought you were. Katie Gates. Did I steal this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry right. about that. Uh, yeah. So Linda Barrett, played by Phoebe Cates. Yeah, uh, you know, you, you mentioned females, and, and I think we may mention one of our other uh, movies, but uh, Claire Standish you know, from oh, Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Um, she was the, the popular, affluent high school student. Uh, she was the epitome, and again, you know, she's the one obviously end up kissing my, my dude Bender uh, there at the end. But uh, Claire, I mean, I think that was this was probably the movie where I thought, oh, Molly Ringwald. You know, it was probably <laughs> the beginning of it for me. So. Like what? How about Mr. Josh Baskin? Mm-hmm. Got some blank stares on that. Blank one. stare. The movie Big. Tom oh, Hanks yeah. character. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I don't think I've actually watched that movie. Haven't you before. really? I've wow. like tried to watch it, and it's like I'll fall asleep. Like <laughs> I, I just want to never really cared. I like that movie. Huh. Ellen Ripley. Yeah. Tough ladies from yeah, Aliens. Don't get oh, yeah. That. Um, I'd say I finally saw that movie last year, and she's tougher than some of the Marines she's around with. <laughs> yes. She was great. She just had no fear. Um, does the name Pete Mitchell mean anything to you guys? It does to Snowball. Does a snowball. That's Maverick from Top Gun. Yes. There it is. <laughs> so, you know, you can't think of many more iconic 80s movies than Top Gun. Right. Everybody knows Tom Cruise. Right. You know, we've talked about him all the time, but yeah, Pete Mitchell was his actual name. Maverick mm-hmm. is his call name, and uh, that's uh, that's a great character. I, I know you like this dude, Martin Riggs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta love Martin Riggs. He's the uh, partner with uh, Roger Murtaugh there. Uh, Lethal Weapon, 1987. I mean that that duo right there, just a crime fight, and you know, I mean, just hard 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 to beat that. I mean, you can't can't not think of uh, cool buddy movies with, without thinking of uh, old Martin. Watching a lot of explosions and houses blowing up, and it's good stuff. How about some of the great wrestlers who tried to cross over oh, in the 1980s? Yes. You got Nada, who's Roddy Piper from uh, They Live. Yep. You've got Thunderlips, who's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see who else we got, Rob. Who tried to cross over um, in the eighties? In the not 80s? like today, where you Terry got... Falk in Roadhouse. Yes, mm. there you good call. That was one. I'm going to go with James Clubber Lang. Oh. He's a professional boxer from Chicago, Illinois, and a pro wrestler, kinda. Kinda, yeah. He was in WrestleMania one main event. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, he takes the title from Rocky, but then loses it. They don't do a lot of backstory on him. I do know when I saw him in Rocky three, I thought. Oh man, there's no way Rocky's gonna beat this guy. <laughs> he just looked massive. He's actually not that tall, but he no, just looked—he looked so imposing with that hairstyle. And uh, we don't 
again, know a lot of his backstory, but we know he's not a fan of has-beens because he did not, did not want to shake Apollo Creed's hand when he walked over to him yeah. uh, before the fight. So, yeah, James So, Lang. this just now came to me. You yeah. know, in this series, like, like think, think Cobra Kai. What if they had a a series or a, a like a, a movie or something called Clubber? Like, we get his backstory. Mm, and we, yeah. we end up, like, seeing, okay, this dude's hard and mean and angry. You know, he was an orphan. You know, he saw his parents murdered like Batman. Yeah. Like, he could have a whole huge story. And then after he loses to Rocky, he gets recruited by the CIA. Mm. And he ends up being like this this top world spy. We need a... I we, didn't know I needed a Clubber movie. <laughs> but now I need yeah. a Clubber yeah. movie. Hollywood, you're running out of ideas. Listen there to us here is. living in the 80s. I'm we know what's saying. up. So here's a... a, a character we kind of talked about before but not really how can you have an iconic movie character list and not bring up Clark W. Griswold we're 10 hours from the fun park and you want to bail out well I'll tell you something this is no longer a vacation it's a quest it's a quest for fun I'm going to have fun and you're going to have fun we're all going to have so much fun we'll need plastic surgery to remove our files you'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your holes Mm -hmm. Chevy Chase Fletch Clark Griswold, two of the greatest characters of the whole decade. Um, 100%. Yeah, so I, you know, all the vacation movies were great. Uh, no matter who his surrounding cast was, he, he did a great job. He just tries to take his family on a vacation. That, all he, just all he to... wants is family time. Yeah. You know, is that asking too much? We try. You know, we try. Is, is try that... to make the best experience possible. Yeah. Are we? Are we still? Are we, are we still going? Oh, I, got, I got a bunch I'm, more. Here I'm tapping out here. I kind of reached my maximum. I'm, I'm well, out of. I'll give a. Uh, but I'll steal from your list occasionally. Yeah. Uh, how, how about Jack Torrance? Is that oh, name? Yes. Is that name ring a bell? Yes. Oh, a troubled writer and recovering alcoholic who becomes a caretaker of an isolated Overlook Hotel. I think we're famous for. Uh, uh, then busting through the door and doing a little uh, here, Johnny. Johnny. I mean, it's just that's that says eighties right there. I mean, that was just honey. Uh, I'm home. Good stuff. Yes. Jack Nicholson tore that up. That's great. Snake from Escape from New York. Oh yeah, Kurt Russell. Yeah, how can we forget him? Yeah, that was a great movie. Billy Ray Valentine. Quarter blood technique. You do that, a quarter blood will drop out of a person's body. Tell how you beat on the cop. Wasn't no cop, man. It was cops. Plural. Nine, ten cops. Beat it out of ten cops and had to change my whole strategy around. Yo, when they brought you in here and booked you, you was crying. Yeah. That's because it's one of the cops fell. He threw tear gas in my face. And that's the kind of they use on crowds, man. I still walk in here like a man, so get out of my face, all right? I mean, you, you beating up on a man? You putting a man in a hospital? How come I don't see no marks on you? Yeah. Because I'm a karate man, all right? Karate man bruise on the inside. They don't show their weaknesses. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Trading places. Yeah. Great movie. So I, I had... When I was doing the list, like kind of Kevin alluded to before, like listen to no females. So many of these movies, movies that we would watch that wouldn't really have female leads. Like we didn't watch Steel Magnolias and Fried Green Tomatoes, Beaches, Beaches. Like yeah, the, you know, let the women do a podcast about yeah. women leads. But there are a few iconic ones that stick out to me. Vicky Vale. 
Mm. Mentioned her in Batman earlier, Kim Basinger. Yeah. Great character. Batman, Joker, Vicky Vale, like you kind of put them all together there. So I, w- I would say her for sure. The rest of mine are going to be women. So. Uh, I mean, I, I mentioned him last week, uh, but but Johnny Castle. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Yeah. Our, our little little dancing man, uh, dirty dancing. Uh, he, he, you know, it's just talked about him last week on the song. I mean, don't get much more '80s than Patrick Swayze. You know, throwing that little baby around. Well, you gotta throw baby well, Houseman you on gotta there throw, too. You gotta throw I, right I, she's baby. on my list here. Francis, we'll Francis, baby Houseman. She's, That's right. Uh, she, yeah. There you go. Well, if you've got her, you also got to mention Jeannie Bueller. This is not a phony phone call. There is an intruder, male, Caucasian, possibly armed, certainly weird, in my kitchen. My, 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 my name's Bueller. Look, it's real nice that you hope my brother's feeling better, but I'm in danger, okay? I am very cute, I am very alone, and I'm very protective of my body. I do not want it violated or killed, all right? I need help! Speaking in English! Another iconic yes. character. Without Ferris and Jeannie's his spoil, she's the one trying to get him busted the whole movie. This is true. And adorable. She's adorable. She was at her peak of cuteness, I think, in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. How about Archibald Graham? I should know this name. You may know him as Moonlight Graham. Moonlight Graham. From Field, Field of, of Dreams. Dreams. There you go. Yes. Gave up baseball to become a doctor. Nice. Uh, although this started in the 70s, there's Harry Callahan, also known as Dirty Harry. Go ahead. Make my day. Oh, yeah. That had some uh, Dirty Harry movies in the 80s. Um, I think nowadays a cop that has that many kills would probably be on desk duty. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's or or fired. <laughs> How about Frederick Pawlowski? You might know him as Ogre. Oh, great. Bridge of the Nerds. What if uh, C-A-T really spelled dog? Wow, that's heavy, Ogre. And that's all he's ever known. He's been in a lot of other movies, Blood You still see him like, oh, that's Ogre. Yep, it's Ogre. He's on commercials still. He's got that floating eye. But... uh, <laughs> so, so we we had mentioned Marty McFly and Doc Brown. I've got Lorraine Baines McFly on here, which I mean, let's face it, that movie George McFly, Principal Strickland was in that one. Biff, like, there's all these characters that uh, that, that are super iconic. With, you know, going back to the '80s, uh, that whole Back to the Future trilogy had just full of people that we just know. A lot of the them are the same people, but they are definitely there. Sloane Peterson. Yes. Ferris Bueller's girlfriend from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And another one I have here is Alexandra Owens. Does that name ring a bell to anyone? Hmm. Yeah. Flashdance. Oh, yeah. I've never seen the movie. We've all seen the poster and the album cover, Jennifer Beals. I didn't know her name was Alexandra Owens. So. There is an iconic couple, uh, well, I shouldn't say couple of two guys. Um, the Blues Brothers. Oh, Jake and Elwood Blues. Jake and Elwood. Oh, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. Well, thank you, Al. The day I get out of prison, my own brother picks me up 
in a police car. And then my final one is Robocop. Robocop. You know what? We didn't mention Yoda. Well, that's true. Yoda was a huge 80s character. About to upset some trekkers on that one. Yes, we were. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Joel. I know we're irritating you, buddy. (laughs) If you haven't, check into Living in the Shades of an 80s arcade. Which is now called Living in the Shade of a Retro Arcade. Yeah, I I, I changed it. He changed it to be kind of more all-encompassing. 70s, 80s, 90s. Very cool. He's he's branching out, our buddy Joel. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, make sure to support his podcast. So I think that's it. You know, next episode will be episode 150. Wow. Can you believe it? Shut the front door. Yeah, so we're going to... 150 episodes. We don't know what we're going to do. Who knows? We have something big planned for that. That 150, that's insane. That is awesome. Yeah, so guys, um, thank you for coming tonight. Thank you for having us. All these 80s movie icons. And uh, it's it's been a ton of fun. Just uh, to make Snowball happy. What are we going with? The little danger zone. Kenny Love. Yeah. Guys, thanks. Take care. God bless. We'll see you next week. Your grade is the average of all your quizzes, plus the midterm and final, which counts for one third. Got it? Also, there will be no eating in this class. You get used to doing your own business on your own time. That's one demand I make. I don't like staying after class with you in detention. That's my time. I don't like wasting it. Just like you want me me to come to your house some evening and discuss U.S. history in your time. Piccolo? Mr. Hand finally turns, as if he has just noticed the sound of the door, and opens the door an inch. Jeffrey Spicoli stands in the doorway, red eyes glistening, his long blonde hair is still wet and streaming down the back of his white peasant shirt. It's actually a green polo. Yeah. He grins, oblivious to such trivial matters as attendance bells. A student sitting near Stacy turns to his friends. That guy has been stoned since third grade. Yes. Uh, y- yeah, uh, <clears throat> I'm registered for the class. What class? This is U.S. history, right? I saw the globe in the window. Really? Spicoli holds his red ad card up to the crack in the door. Uh, can I come in? Mr. Oh, Hannah please. opens the door slowly. I get so lonely when that third attendance bell rings and I don't see all my kids here. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry I'm late. This new schedule is totally confusing. Mr. Hand takes the red ad card and reads from it with utter fascination. Mr. Spicoli. That's the name they gave me. <laughs> Mr. Hand slowly tears the card into little pieces and sprinkles the pieces over his wastebasket. Spicoli watches in disbelief. His hands are frozen in the process of removing his backpack. You just ripped my corn too. Yes. Hey, bud, what's your problem? You're still here? 
It's over. Go home. Go.